0: This podcast is all about shining light on the real struggles and joys of life. We will have real experiences, real people, and real stories in the hopes that they motivate you and help you in your own journey. This is the One World Countless Stories podcast with Selena Novello. Today I have Isaiah Springer as our guest, and I am so thrilled to have him here today. Um, I actually met Isaiah through his brother Elijah, and me and Elijah were really good friends at the beginning, and then our friends kind of, or not friends, our families kind of just merged together. And so I've kind of grown up with Isaiah in my life during high school, and so I had to invite him to come on. You may have also heard Ash Springer's story. He was one that I also interviewed, which is Isaiah's dad. uh, So you can also check out that podcast uh, interview because it was really good. But I'm excited to have you here today. So let's start with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so my name is Isaiah Springer. Um, I was born in Calgary, Alberta, um, and then ended up moving to Cochrane when I was about seven years old. I grew up in Cochrane from the ages of seven all the way up to... Uh, 17, and at at 17 is when I moved to Edmonton for a uh, rugby academy. Um, Growing up in Cochrane, I really enjoyed the, like, small-town feel. Uh, The class sizes were really small. We had classes of uh, usually about 20 kids, and with 20 kids that you always see every year, um, the friendships get really close, and you uh, build really strong friendships there. Um. And yeah, so growing up, I've been huge. I've always been big into sports uh, since I was young. I've probably played almost all the sports um, on the face of the planet. Um, my first sport I was gymnastics. I started off gymnastics when I was very, very young. Um, did that for a couple of years and then moved to soccer. Uh, soccer, I did a little bit of dance, a little bit of hip hop. I've done jujitsu, Um, jiu-jitsu, um a little bit of that, and uh, football, rugby, basketball, <laughs> so many sports.
0: All um, of them. And now,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I am currently wrestling for the, for the University of Alberta.
0: That's so awesome. So you said uh, sports was really big in your childhood, but can you tell us a little bit more about what your family was like and if you had any siblings, which I know you did. So just a little bit about your family life and what it was like for you growing up.
1: Yeah, so our family is uh, a pretty uh, tight-knit group. Um, um, my, I have two brothers, uh, Elijah and Jonah, and Elijah is the middle one, and he is a year and a half younger than me, so we were super close. Uh, we usually played all our sports together. Um, Went everywhere together. We were usually on the same teams. Um, and then my youngest brother, Jonah, he was um, we were still super close. We would always like compete, but he was a little bit younger than us, so we never got the chance to play on the same teams. Mm -hmm. um but we would always play like outside together playing games um and yeah and then my parents um ash who you mentioned before um Mm -hmm. he was probably the biggest driver (laughs) of us playing sports he loves sports Mm -hmm. and he's he definitely supported us in everything we did um and then my mom anna springer um she was also there probably my probably my biggest fan you always hear in the (laughs) in the crowd screaming um always (laughs) pick out her voice so it's a it's always nice to have her there.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. And so your dad was really the driver force of you guys all being in lots of sports then?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he played, he played a lot of sports when he was a kid as well. Uh, he probably, he mentioned that um, he was a big gymnast, I uh, played football, did track. And so he loved sports. He loved the lessons that it taught kids
0: um, and that you
1: could bring through, through the rest of your life, really.
0: Mm -hmm. And what would you say some of those lessons are now that you're a little bit older that you've learned from your sports?
1: Um, Some of the biggest ones, I think um, the importance of um, getting up early is uh, was probably one of the biggest ones. Mm -hmm. I know that more when I'm now older um, now, for example, like I have to wake up at 5 a.m. just to make it to practice on time. And that's probably three to four times a week If it's either practice or um, morning weights. Mm-hmm. Um and I had a little bit of uh, exposure to that in when I was younger because usually we'd have weight trainings in high school, we'd have weight trainings in the morning. So I got accustomed to that early, which was nice. So I wasn't as much of a shock now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so getting up early, getting your work in early, it also makes it easier. I found a couple times when I try to push uh workouts later in the evening, then I um I wouldn't be I wouldn't enjoy it as much. It'd kind of be more sluggish when BBS focused. Mm-hmm. Um, other things I think perseverance was a big one I've had a lot of ups and downs in a lot of different sports mm-hmm. especially um in wrestling rugby and in football I've had times where I felt the top of the world felt like I was the best like, doing my best uh, I've been in that game and then there's been times where I've kind of hit kind of not necessarily rock bottom but pretty close where I like I'm I'm just terrible at this sport like why am I still doing this Mm-hmm. um so just being able to move through those valleys and get back up to really enjoying the game because I love those games and I still love those games to this day and they bring me a lot of joy when I'm playing them um so yeah so just moving through those valleys mm-hmm. and then I think the, probably the last probably the biggest lesson is just enjoying what I'm doing like as I said before mm-hmm. like getting through those valleys because those peaks when you're really enjoying the sport that you're playing really enjoying whatever you're doing at that time, that's when, that's when life's going good. And that's what you kind of live for.
0: Yeah, totally. And so when did you start to narrow down on the specific sports that you liked? Because it sounds like you did a lot. So which, what were the sports that you ended up picking maybe in your later high school career?
1: Yeah, so by the, so by, um, so grade 11 was kind of my, my uh, decision year on where, what path I was going to go. Because at that time, I was playing football, uh, rugby, and I was wrestling, mm-hmm. and three sports. At a when you start trying to get to the higher levels, it doesn't really um, meld well very well because mm-hmm. uh, usually the sports are trying to demand so much of you. So at that time in grade eleven, I decided um, to to move to Edmonton for a rugby academy because um, I believe that rugby was my number one sport at in grade eleven. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Edmonton had this awesome rugby academy uh, connected to the university. And so that, that academy allowed me to both focus on school as well as sports because um, how the academy is set up is I do classes from 8am to noon. And then i play rugby from one to four. So I had that great split. And then I had the evenings to do whatever, whatever I needed out of the homework. Um, fortunately, uh, the the coach at in Edmonton found out that I was coming to Edmonton um, and he called me and said hey you are welcome to come to come train with us anytime so fortunately that also allowed me now that my evenings were free I was able to go continue my wrestling as well.
0: That's awesome so you were able to continue wrestling and rugby at the same time and so you yeah. decided to leave football behind you.
1: Yeah um, unfortunately I wasn't um, as bad be- as I wasn't My past wasn't really as open in in football Mm because my my end goal was always to be get to the uh, go to university. Mm -hmm. Uh, My end goal, that's always been my end goal is to get to university. And I found that through rugby and wrestling, my goal, those would be my pathways to get to my to my end goal. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. And tell me a little bit about your school experience. I know you mentioned a little bit, you know, you're in a small town, small classes. But was school easy for you, hard for you? What was it?
1: Um, for me I always enjoyed school so school it was never like a burden on me mm-hmm. um, I did enjoy like learning new things is probably is one of my is what I enjoy mm-hmm. um, so because it because I didn't it wasn't dragging on me and I kind of enjoyed it school did come a little more naturally for me which was nice mm-hmm. um, and yeah just putting in I was. I wouldn't say I was like naturally super gifted at um, at school but I did put in a lot of work so that my marks did show. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I did enjoy school going through. Um junior junior high was well that was that was a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> um but junior high is when I think I realized that if as long as I keep putting in work then my marks would be able to um uh, stay up, and then as well as I had a guidance counselor one time say, if you keep your marks up in high school, you can get money, so that was also a pretty big motivator <laughs> yeah. with uh, with for those scholarships, so then, yeah, so I just kept that in the back of my mind, kept working at my school, and uh, now that I'm in university, and it's all basically self-driven, um, I, I feel that that really, having that, uh, enjoying that school uh, aspect really helps me now, because um it's self um university self-driven and if you don't drive yourself to get your school work done then um some big penalties are gonna come your way or some big lessons yeah. are gonna come pretty quick
0: Absolutely. Especially with online schooling, it's like a whole nother layer of you really have to want it. Um, that's really interesting. So you did fairly well in school. It sounds like, and how did you balance, I mean, you said three sports at one time, how did you balance school and sports and all of life's things at such a young age?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, the balance, it was a lot, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of time management. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I um, always try to get my schoolwork done a little bit early I tried not to leave things to the last to the last second mm-hmm. and it was it was nice for me because I knew that because my school I didn't have to spend as much time on my school um, because I had a pretty good study study habits study schedule so that I didn't have to spend like three, four hours on, a, on one subject just to, to pass the pass the exam. so I was pretty lucky that way where I could spend like 45 minutes um, with like direct work and understand the concept pretty well because that opened time for me to do my other training um, and then yeah and then I think it was also important that I had a little bit of downtime. I think my dad was probably the biggest driver because without my dad, I would have just done everything because I'm, I'm really bad at saying no
0: yeah <laughs> uh, to
1: i'm really bad at saying no and whenever something gives me an opportunity to do something i usually say yes and take it and take that opportunity i
0: can really my
1: dad was really good yeah my dad was really good at, at reading my face reading my body language being like hey uh you need to take a break like mm-hmm. you, there's been many times where i'm like hey hey dad we gotta go to practice he's like um maybe not today <laughs> you're like barely walking up the stairs you're like crawling up the stairs like it's time to take a break uh, just refocus, reset, and then we can go back at it again. Um, and I think that was probably, it was probably because of my dad that I, I've been able to main, or I was able to play as many sports as I was at a higher level, as well as not like completely fall apart.
0: <laughs> right. And have you been able to like maintain that where you're like, okay, my body needs a break. I'm going to re- like acknowledge that. Or, or are you kind of stuck in that like grind, 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 grind?
1: Um, for my first couple of years, uh, when I moved out, when I moved out of the house and my, my dad wasn't always, uh, yeah. always around, it was tough. Cause then I switched right back to always grind, grind, grind mm-hmm. all the time. And I did feel it. There was a couple of times where I just, I, I did burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've done that. Like since I've been up in Edmonton, there's been probably about three times where I can say I've legitimately burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that third time, I'm like, okay. My dad was right growing up. Like I have to listen to him. And now I'm really happy that I'm a little more in tune with my body. And I realized that, okay, I can feel my body slipping. I can feel my body. And it's not even just my body. Sometimes it's my mind too. Mm-hmm. And when I feel it started slipping, my mind and my body starts slipping. And I I, really I can take a little step back. It usually takes me when I find that I'm in those burnout situations. It usually takes me about five, day, five to seven days for me to... As long as I take the foot off, not completely off the pedal, but -hmm. just a little bit off the pedal, um, just so I can reset and then let my body heal and my mind heal and then get back at it again.
0: Absolutely. And can you kind of walk us through that like last breakdown or burnout point where you were like how you burnt, how you got burnt out and then how you kind of came out of that? Because I know you said it took you about seven days, but what did you do that actually helped you get out of that burnout?
1: Now the the last burnout actually came from it was more from a school, uh school because it was during COVID and um okay. the, the the COVID and and university was um it was a new experience um, for me definitely. And especially because of my so I'm in a math major. Um well I'm a I'm uh I'm in the bachelor of secondary education with a math math major. So I have to take a bunch of math classes and um in the first COVID semester when it was all online and I found it very difficult because the math classes was all self-driven. There was no, no, scheduled, le- no scheduled lectures, there were scheduled office times, but really what you had to do is you had to watch a video um, and then fill out um, some e-class quiz weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was your class. I found that really tough because I really like going to class, listening to the professor, and that's usually how I learned best. Mm-hmm. Um, so then so the the math class did not go well the first semester. Mm-hmm. And uh I remember that it was just that really drained me mentally, because I've usually been um quite successful in the in the classroom. So just having those um that really drained me mentally. And mm. um so that was sort of the start of the burnout. The the because it was close wrestling wasn't uh as much of a factor so my physical was was all right but my was my mental my the mental side was um, wasn't doing as well as it usually does
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so then I kind of hit um, around November is when I probably um, realized okay now I gotta I think I've uh, hit this like this point here that I gotta try and start recovering Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point I think what I did is I kind of took a step back, um, and just really, I just thought of like, what could I do better to help, to help myself? So,
0: Ooh.
1: um, for me, for me, a lot of visualization really works well.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I do like to meditate. I find that I am quite an, uh, sometimes I'm quite an anxious person
0: mm-hmm. and
1: sometimes meditation for me really helps quiet those anxieties. Um, so I found, my, found some meditation videos on YouTube, started doing those nightly. Um, yeah, and then just kind of, and then for the math piece, I was like, okay, there's got to be something, I'm missing something with this math. So then I started asking for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a little, paid a little more attention to the videos. Um, and then I saw my, the math, I'm, I was starting to understand math better um and that's when i kind of was like okay now i've i've passed that point um and now i'm, I'm getting back to myself
0: Yeah. Wow. You talked about so many important things. The thing that I love the most is that you ask yourself, what can I do better? And, and I think that's so important because I think a lot of time when we get to that burnout, where we get to that mental state, where we're kind of just broke, broken down, we're not at a good place. We kind of play that a little, we play in our mind, we kind of feel sorry for ourselves, which is completely fine to do. I think it's natural. I think it's important that we do that. But the fact that you're like, okay, what can I do better? And then you you really used great strategies. And I'm curious to hear a little bit more about the visualization, but you used meditation and you asked for help and you were actively working on getting better. So I think that's awesome. And I really encourage people to like, listen to what you had to say, because it, it's so powerful to really just be like, okay, this is not working. I felt the way I needed to feel. I felt bad. Okay. So now what's next kind of thing. So what kind of things did you visualize when you said you use the tool of visualization?
1: Um, so visualization for me, I use a lot in, in, uh, in my sports as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've been taught a lot on how to use that visualization. And so because we've been taught in the sport, I try to try and translate that to just my regular life. Um, and usually for our visualization, we put ourselves in a situation like we're living that situation at that point. So we're going from a first person point of view. I'm imagining what I'm seeing, what I'm smelling, if I if there's a taste. So I try to put myself um, for visualization out of that point. I try to put myself in a spot where where I was enjoying um, life where I was doing good in my math. And then and then I tried to visualize what was I doing specifically in order to do well well in that class or to to be enjoying the little things in life that I was kind of missing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and that's
1: kind of used how I use that visualization in, in that point.
0: That's really cool. So you were kind of looking at past experiences that were positive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I was looking at the past um, and then as well as trying to manifest um, as well as some future points as well
0: Mm -hmm. and so you would say you kind of learned that through sport then
1: yes exactly Mm -hmm. um in sport what we usually what um we have a really good we're able to work with a lot of uh, mental trainers here at the university so it's really it's really nice and um the visualization here is just what I like to do is you put yourself into a um, say a match scenario and you Mm -hmm. you're trying to imagine who your opponent is what the stands are like, what the smell of the room is, the taste of your mouth guard. And you're trying to visualize yourself at in that match before the match even happens. Mm-hmm. Um and then try and and then from there you usually go over, okay, what am I doing in that match? What type of what type of moves am I going to try and attempt? So, mm-hmm.
0: so yeah. that's very interesting. Cause I was like, that is a really cool skill that you learned. And I was like, where'd you learn it from? Cause that's like really amazing that you were kind of able to put that in not you learned it from sports but put it into action in real life, which is just like mind blowing to me I think that's so cool um and so I kind of want to talk a little bit if we go back a little bit you said that you moved from Cochrane small town to Edmonton a little bit of a bigger town um to do you finished high school right
1: yeah so in, yeah. so in grade eleven so um in grade eleven at the end of grade eleven I was pretty i was I was being looked at for the Canadian national rugby team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized that I still needed to be training rugby. I still wanted to be doing wrestling at a high level. And um, at that point I was kind of iffy on football. Yeah. Um, but the opportunity, I was on a provincial team with a couple of people from Edmonton and they went to the school where they were like, yeah, we only do school for four hours and then we get to play rugby for four hours. I'm like, that is amazing.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and then I looked at then at the same time. I looked at my schedule and I had four classes. I had like English 30, social 30, math 30, 30 one, and then physics 30 all in the first semester. Ooh. And I was like back to back to back classes. And I'm like, that's going to be, I knew that was going to be too much. Like I will probably burn out if I was also trying to play rugby still and wrestling. Um, So I was like, okay, this might be an opportunity for me to be able to still get all my classes done, Mm -hmm. um, as well as still play rugby and wrestle. And I'm not burnt out and trying to get up at whatever, five in the morning to go to the gym or whatever it may be, so
0: okay that's really interesting and so you got the opportunity at the school so what was it like for you moving out I would say like you were definitely younger for sure than like the average kid that moves out so what was that like for you to kind of like leave everything that you knew and went to this completely new place
1: yeah so I moved out when I was 17 which some people do but um so I was 17 when I moved out um and I was living I had Anna Maria, your sister, was my roommate. Yeah, uh, up in Edmonton because she was going to university at the time. And um, yeah, it was quite a the first the first two weeks was was quite a It was quite different of a shock. Luckily. I knew most of the rugby players at the school, mm-hmm. so I were I had a friend group there going in, which was really nice because I could yeah. really support support on those guys or lean on those guys. Like yeah. I got rides, so I didn't have to take the bus necessarily and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was really nice to have that that support group already in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like the living things, like. Um, like doing your own laundry all the time, like doing the dishes, making your own food, getting home and not having dinner ready, getting home at whatever time, six, seven at night, and then cooking yourself dinner. These are yeah. all like things where I was just like, oh, this is kind of new. And then after dinner's done, then you have to do your homework from the day or whatever it was. Yeah. And it's just, I'm really glad though that I did have that opportunity and like less of a stressful stressful moment because if I was in university I don't even know how people in university do it because (laughs) like that's got to be a quick a quick turnaround because Mm -hmm. it was nice that the school wasn't as hard Mm -hmm. and I was able to learn that um but I couldn't imagine like university first year university students and uh yeah yeah
0: It's definitely a lot to learn, especially when you're coming from a home where you're used to, you know, getting back from school and dinner being ready and you don't have to do much because you got to focus on school. So it's like you became super independent really, really quickly because you were put in that situation. What was like one of the biggest lessons you learned from like the whole moving away and transitioning?
1: Um, I think the, probably the biggest was how to how to use transit. I think that was, okay. the big, that was probably the one of the first lessons I learned because I didn't have a vehicle and I had to I had to get places. And Cochrane doesn't have a transit system, so yeah. learning how to use the bus or the train to get places. I think that was kind of a the big lesson that pretty early on. Um, but um, I think just being just being reliant on yourself and being like very disciplined. I think because because I was doing so much um and I had to, I had, I was like this is this is how I'm going to get to university so I have to make sure my school is kept up. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure if I want to play at a high level I got to make sure I'm doing whatever I can um to the best of my ability to ensure that I can stay keep staying at my at that high level. So just really being making sure not letting myself slip and trying to keep myself to the highest standard possible.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I think that's like such an important lesson to learn in itself of just like how you kind of prioritized what was really important to you in your situation, which is very important. Um, And I'm curious. So at that point, did you know what you wanted to do at university? Like, had you already applied to things? What was kind of like that next step after that rugby school?
1: So, so what, so for university, I gone in through early acceptance, which was really nice. So I applied in October is when early acceptance starts. Mm-hmm. And I applied into, at, at that point, I knew I kind of wanted to go through the, the education teaching, um, teaching area, because one of my teachers from Cochrane thought I'd be pretty good at it. So I was like, okay, maybe let's give it a try. Um, so I applied to um, the I applied to a bachelor's of secondary education, um, and fortunately, I got into it um, pretty pretty quick using my um, grade eleven marks. They didn't even look at my grade twelve marks; it was just for my grade eleven marks, wow. which was which was really nice. So, yeah, if you're listening to this in your grade eleven, grade eleven does matter um, yes. because you can get into university with your grade eleven marks.
0: Yeah, that's um, awesome.
1: Yeah, so then I got in. I got into school um, in October, so I knew I was going to go to the I, was, I, probably, I knew I had a really good feeling I was going to go to the University of Alberta. Um, and um, yeah, and then from there on, I knew that they have a condition, though, that if your mark, if your average drops below a 70, you lose that early acceptance. Oh. So I knew that even though I was already in school, I was already um, accepted. I still, I couldn't, I couldn't slack. I couldn't just not go to school anymore. I had to ensure that uh, I kept those marks up.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, you got accepted into the university, and you said that you did. You apply to other universities other than U of A, or just U of A?
1: I just applied to to U of A. Um, I, I, I really liked at that point. I've been there. I was there for a month. Um, I didn't mind the city. I liked my friends that were there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I loved the rugby community that was here and uh, the wrestling room. I found that I, I was able to excel in it. So I knew that the, this was a good place for me and a place where I could, I can grow and develop and really learn a lot of things. So I, I just, I just applied here.
0: Mm, you knew what you wanted and you're like, this is what I'm going for. That's awesome. And you said that uh, one time your teacher had mentioned to you that you might be a good teacher. Was that the only reason why you went into that? Or was there other things that were like, I feel like I really want to do that?
1: um yeah I think the other thing was I really enjoyed helping other people I think that was probably one of the biggest things is I really enjoy helping other people like um reach a potential that they may not have thought was possible or Mm. learn something new or learn a new skill or all these things because when they when I see them I always find that there's this there's this light that goes off in their eyes and I, I I usually recognize that and when that light goes off that's what brings me probably the most joy in the world is when I see that that light go off uh, when they learn something new Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um, so I knew so I knew coming in when that teacher said that I was like okay I feel like I think I would enjoy I'm gonna really enjoy that career path as well Mm -hmm. as if I'm if I'm good at it that makes it even better because yeah I don't really want to do something that I'm not the best at
0: yeah absolutely so is your goal to be a teacher then of some sort
1: So so my end goal is actually. I want to, so yeah, so my, probably my five-year goal is to be a math teacher, um, but I want to go, because the reason I picked the four-year program instead of a, a five-year program or uh, doing a degree and then doing an after years because I want to go back to school to get a, to get a master's degree in education, mm-hmm. um, and what that will allow me to do is to get into more administration work, so being a principal, um, doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. running schools, that's really what I want to try and try and get to and what I aspire to do. Mm -hmm. And hopefully maybe when I'm a little bit older, maybe start writing some, some curriculum. Um, But I think, but that's, that's very far down the road.
0: Yeah. That's really awesome. And, and why do you want to be like the leader of a school? Do you have like a vision of what schools can do or do better? Like what is that motivation?
1: Yeah, I think, I think for me, a little bit of it, I really want to, I've always been, I think, a little bit of a leader um, throughout my life. I've really, I've taken on a leadership role in many of the, the sports that I've done in many of my classrooms. And um, I think if I have that opportunity to lead a school, I think that I could, I could just affect so many students, hopefully positively. And just, that's really what, um, what I re- what I'm really trying to strive for, I think, when I was really young, I wanted, to, I wanted, to, I wanted to save the world. That was my, that was my thing. It was really weird as a little kid to like think that, but that was my. I wanted to save the world, and I think what I try to realize is saving the world. Yeah, it's cool, but it's really tough. And but if I could save, not necessarily save, but if I can make the world better for individuals, I feel like that is just that is just as good.
0: Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I feel that being a principal, that's where I would be able to do that most effectively.
0: Yeah, you'll be able to achieve your goals. That's crazy because I know exactly what that feels like to kind of be young and feel that I want to change the world. And it's like a huge thing. And I haven't met many people that actually say that. And so I'm like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know what you're talking about so much. Because I think like, it's, it's a really unique thing that's kind of like put in our heads. Um, And it's like, it's so inspiring to hear that you're like, yeah, trying to change the world is like this huge thing. But if I can just change a couple people's lives or a, a school and make the most impact that I can in a positive way, that's just like, so inspiring to hear and so encouraging to hear because I know a lot of people in that power position don't do that. They don't do the positive. They don't not that they're trying to be negative, but it just doesn't end up going well. So I think that's very awesome of you. And I love that you know what you want to do. And you have these feelings that are attached with it, which is super helpful when you're making decisions in what you want to do. So that's really, really cool. Um, so in your university journey, you got a scholarship, right? Yeah, correct. Can you tell us about like the pressures of that, but also like how you kind of got into that?
1: Um, so I was very lucky to, um, to develop a relationship with, uh, with the, the head coach at the university um, while I was here in grade 12. He knew a little bit of me before, um, just because I grew up, I was wrestling for, i am wrestling since I was in grade five. So he knew of me. Wow. Um, but, but coming to Edmonton, he got to see me a little bit more and sort of figure out who I was as a person and an athlete and uh, thankfully he he did like um, me as a person because I feel like a lot of times you can be as gifted or as talented as you want in sport um, but if you're not a great like a really good person then a lot of times sometimes coaches look away Um, just especially in that that team aspect if you're if you're negatively impacting a team dynamic or the um, often you're more of a um more of a drain on the team than you are a benefit even if you're probably the best player around so so yeah so I think the coach really liked me as a person knew my work ethic uh was I have pretty high work ethic so I really enjoyed that and because of that he was generous enough to to give me a scholarship
0: through wrestling not through wrestling wrestling.
1: yeah exactly Um, rugby unfortunately um I stopped growing and everybody else kept growing (laughs) So I was probably about uh, about 160 pounds when everybody else was about 206, 64. Um, I remember in rugby, I t- they would always ask me like, "How tall are you?" or "What's your weight?" And I always lie. I'd always give myself a extra couple inches or a extra couple pounds uh, because they do look at that at the at the highest levels. So,
0: mm-hmm. so you were just a little bit like shorter than everyone ultimately. Yeah,
1: I was I was a little bit smaller. Um, I was a little bit smaller, and unfortunately. Um, my genetics won't allow me to <laughs> to get to that to get to that uh that six six foot six three area so but it is where it is
0: so then you ended up leaning more towards wrestling and getting a scholarship through that so is there like a lot of like i don't know about a lot of scholarships specifically like the type that you have but is there like a lot of like rules around it like do you feel sometimes like there's this other layer of pressures put on you or what what is your like experience with it so far
1: yeah there's a little bit of pressure i try not to let the pressure get to me too much because it'll if it's always going to be there when you have a scholarship so the rule is is you get your scholarship um but there's requirements you have to, meet. You have to Keep at least a two point a- at two average GPA average uh, minimum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, as well as um, if you get injured while while playing the sport and you're no longer excuse me no longer allowed to play the sport because of your injury you lose your scholarship even if you still have uh, like two or three years left or however long you have left. Uh, so those are the two the biggest requirements. Um, yeah, you just have to. For the, for the scholarship. And I try, to, I try not to look at them as more pressures, but just like I said before, like as long as I'm doing everything I can do in my power to be as successful as I can, to keep working at my school and my sport. And even in my, I've had injuries, but as long as I'm working as hard as I can to recover those injuries and come back stronger than I was before, then then I know that pressure isn't as substantial.
0: With the injuries, do you feel like there's like this fear around getting injured and losing your scholarship?
1: I wouldn't say there's necessarily a fear, but it you have to recognize that that is there. Um and because I do recognize that is there, I have to ensure that my recovery is on point. Uh, I'm not just going through the going through my workouts and not letting my body recover. Gotta make sure my sleep is on point. Like I have to get eight hours. Um, a night, or else I can these injuries start adding up. My nutrition has to be—I have to be eating the right food so that my body, um, mm-hmm. to fuel my body, so I can put my body through the ringer that it goes through. And because that, because I know that there's a possibility that if my my scholarship could be taken away if I have this uh, career-ending injury, that just pushes me to ensure that all those other aspects of mm-hmm. my training and of my life are. are top notch.
0: So I guess it's a good and a bad thing in a way, because you're really mindful about taking care of yourself, which is a healthy thing. Yeah, Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. And so uh, in your university career, I'm I know you talked a little bit about it, but COVID. So did you I want to talk about the effects of COVID on a university student? Um, Did you start university in like real classes? Or did you were you in that window where you were right into online classes?
1: So um, I started university the year, the year of the big COVID, like when everything started. So mm-hmm. um, my first fall semester went normal, uh, normal competition, normal everything. Um, second semester started normal. We got all the way to U-Sport, which was um, second week of February, um, which was our big national tournament. Um, and everything was normal up to that point. I ended up getting a bronze medal at the U-Sport Championships. Wow. Um and then I think is when we got a week after we got back from U Sport, we were training for the national championships. Um I was training for my junior national championship was the under twenty national championship to be on a world team. And that's when everything got shut down. Um university said all classes are going online. Um I ended up going home because I my parents wanted me back home and um all the gyms were shut down, everything. So it was, I went from training, training as hard as I can. I was starting to peak for this national tournament to I'm not doing anything anymore. So
0: you like, Why well, wasn't, Did you well, stop? yeah,
1: everything was shut down. I wasn't doing anything anymore because I'm crazy and I can't just sit there. Right. Um, I have to be moving. I have to be doing something. Um, but yeah, I went from trying to peak for this national tournament to, to just, nothing so
0: mm-hmm. so were you how were you still trying to move your body when the gyms were closed and like like you said everything was closed so how did you still like stay in that physical state that you needed to be in
1: so i had to get as creative as possible um luckily we had a we had a trainer that sent us programs okay um a lot of body weight programs a lot of a lot of us had i had a couple bands like uh, like those uh, resistance bands, so I had those. Using those, <laughs> laying them up, I'd have like four or five resistance bands, trying to do squats or trying to um, presses, push-ups with the bands. I was trying to get creative, and by the end of COVID, I had this little mini um, makeshift. I called it the I called it the ghetto gym because I had an anvil, I had a bunch of bands, I had um, a medicine ball and some hurdles, and that's about it. And in the, in the summertime, it was nice because we'd go to like parks and, yeah. and stuff, do park workouts and try just try and get stay active, trying to push yourself, even though the circumstances aren't the best, but still trying to push yourself, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to fatigue your body so that it, it can recover and come back stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you, you said you moved home and everything went online. Did you find that that was very challenging for you or did you just quickly pivot with it and keep working at it?
1: Um the first when they moved it to the credit, no credit, I I wasn't I kind of lost all motivation there. So I was just trying to get my my 50% past the classes. Um but then in the in the following year, um the first semester was kind of tough. Um learning that because there was grades in that first semester and they were grading things. And um yeah, it was it was it was tough for me. Uh, it was just it was different from whatever I did before. Just I find when the profs, I like going to profs and listening to profs because sometimes they give you hints. Sometimes yeah. they tell you what to focus on more. And um, not having that, it kind of kind of left me lost mm-hmm. Um, as well as there wasn't no like set schedule. As I mentioned before, the math classes, there was no set class. It's mm-hmm. just you watch videos whenever you feel like and make sure this stuff is done at this time. Yeah. Um, so I also found that kind of kind of difficult to deal with.
0: Yeah. And I know for me, like sitting in a screen watching a video just is not the same as having a teacher even on even a teacher on like zoom live is just so different from a video. Like I always just remember being like, what? <laughs> just, yeah. What did I just yeah. learn? <laughs> so yeah. I definitely understand. Did you feel that the uncertainty of everything affected you in any way?
1: Um, it affected me a little bit because I've always been a very goal-driven person. Um, I always like to set goals, and that's what I'm trying to achieve. And just having all my goals, all of a sudden, I don't know when my when maybe my next competition will be. I don't know if, um, if I'll ever get a chance to be a national champion or get a chance to be a Cabinet champion. Um, So that was really tough for me because I couldn't set those goals because that's usually what I use to drive me, um, drive me day to day. Mm. Uh, I set that goal and I know I'm going to try and do everything in my power to achieve that goal. But now that that uncertainty, I couldn't set it. I couldn't set a goal. Mm. Um, So I kind of had to rethink of my goal structure and I kind of had to move more into like just a day to day goal. What am I doing today Mm. to get myself better? Um, Because I can't really do have that that outcome goal that, that I usually use to, to drive myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you set your goals like before? Cause like now you're telling us that you set the daily goals, which is like really important, but how did you set your goals before? Like if you had to give a tip to someone, if they're just starting to think about goals, what would you say to them?
1: I usually like, um, and how we've been, fortunately we've been taught how to, to, how to set goals is uh, we call them uh, outcome goals and process goals. So our outcome goal—that's your big goal. That's what you want. So, for example, for me, it's being being a national champion or being a cameras champion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then my process goals are those are the goals, those little goals that you do every day or every week that will uh, enable you to get to that outcome goal. Mm-hmm. So I always like having that that outcome goal there, um, just as that that finish line to get to. And then those process goals are are what. Are those stepping stones that enable me to get to that? So for me, I like how can I improve my nutrition? How can I learn to cook in a way that improves my nutrition? Um, Possible goal being my sleep or my what? What time am I going to bed every night and making sure how many hours am I getting every night? Mm-hmm. Um, and just little things like that. Or in, in in the gym, my physical physically, am I pushing myself uh, to? to move the maximum weight as fast as I can or or stuff like that. Mm
0: -hmm. That's really interesting. I really like those two different ways of seeing it. What'd you say, outcome and process? Or what yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Cause I'm like, it's good to have like your main goal, but then you can't just like leave it there. You have to have like, how am I going to get to that goal? So that's really important. And I think that's awesome. And were you taught that in high school or were you taught that through sports again?
1: Um so it was a sport class in high school, so both.
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. so both. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Wow. That's, that's so fascinating. And the, a couple more questions before we start to wrap things up, just your mental game I'm sure has to be so like strong um, in your types of sport and you have to be very disciplined. So can you tell me a little bit about the mindset that an athlete needs to have to be successful?
1: Um, I think from the biggest thing is just being, being, we like to say gritty and I like to use the word gritty, um, because in sport, a lot of things are going to try and knock you down, pull you down. A lot of people are going to try and knock you down, pull you down. For me personally in wrestling, I have a person standing across from me that wants to beat me up and (laughs) it's my job not to let that happen.
0: So literally,
1: (laughs) so literally so literally, someone's going to try and fight me and I'm trying to to fight them back and and winning the match. Um, so it's really being gritty, just realizing that the that people are gonna put you down, things are gonna things are not gonna go your way, and just being able to get to get through that and push through that, so that you are successful
0: mm mm-hmm. that's that's so fascinating, and so would you say that you have like a greater self like love in some sort of ways because you you get to a point where you trust yourself and despite what anybody says, you're kind of just like, well, I know who I am kind of thing
1: Yeah, exactly like I know in sport, a lot of people like to say like to say sometimes they'd like to pull you down, but for me, as long as I know that I'm doing everything in my power to be the best version of myself i'm not letting myself slack off or
0: Mm. or
1: or i'm just trying to push myself each and every day i believe that's how that's where my confidence uh derives from and that's where it comes from whatever other people may say i know that in my heart i've been working hard i've been pushing myself and i take pride in that Mm -hmm. and yeah that usually keeps me keeps me pretty stable
0: That's so awesome. Okay, so my final question before we get into the four, um, my question is: Can you tell us the worst injury you've had in your sports? And then I also want to hear about your greatest highlight from your sports career so far.
1: Okay. Um, So my biggest injury actually happened in my first year university. Um, So I was there for all grade twelve in Edmonton, and then I was like, okay, I finally made it to university. I got accepted. I'm in classes. Um, and it's time, it's time to, to make some noise. And a month into training, we had a pre, like a preseason training. Um, I dislocated my elbow in practice. Um, and I went to the hospital that night. I was there for probably six to eight hours overnight. Wow. Um, I had doctors coming in and out. And I remember that one doctor came in he said, Hey buddy, uh, you might be out for a year. You might not be able to wrestle for a year
0: and at that
1: moment my heart just dropped yeah Uh, I was like this is crazy like I just got (laughs) I just got the university and now you're telling me I might be out for a year and I was I was very sad I I ended up starting crying and I don't cry like ever yeah I was like tears were running and um but then throughout the night they did some MRIs some some x-rays and uh another doctor came in and was like okay it's not great. It's not looking good, but I think you can probably three months. And I was like, okay, three months that takes us to about December. I can still have half a season and, uh, and I should be good. I was like, okay, that's a little better. So I was a little bit happier. Fortunately for me, um, I was, um, really, I really took the physio and came back healthy as, as seriously as I could. And luckily for me, I was back in, back in a month and a half. So I took that that healing oh. time of three months cut in half, and I was able to compete one more time in the in the first semester before uh, before we left for. So that for was
0: prison. just by doing physio.
1: Yeah, physio. Um, yeah, there was a lot. There was. It was mostly working with my physio, um, or with the the university's physio. Uh, they have some some cool tools. They have a game ready, which is like a compression cold sleeve that you okay. can put on different joints, and that really helps. Um, and then just making sure I was doing whatever I could, making sure my sleep was good so that my body could recover. My my yeah. food was good so that um, so that the nutrients could go to it, fixing my arm. So yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely! Wow, that is like crazy news to hear. Like, oh yeah, you could be out for a year, and you're like. I just got to where I want yeah. to go. That's yeah. awful. Okay, well, that's that sucks. But I mean, it's good that you healed pretty fast from that. I know you you've had a couple injuries before, and I remember sometimes seeing you and your face is all like beaten up. And I'm like, oh, what did you do? So I was really curious like what you would classify as your worst, but that I feel like that classifies as probably a pretty yeah. big one. Okay, so then the last question before the final four is the best highlight of your sporting career so far?
1: I think the best highlight of my sporting career was my bronze medal match in my, in my first year, my, in that e-sport just because what, what happened? So um, I was down eight points. So I was down eight, nothing in the first round, which is in wrestling. If you get a spread of 10 points, you lose the match. They call that a tech. And Mm -hmm. um, so So I was down eight, nothing in the first round. And um, I ended up scoring one takedown, which was two points. So the first round ended eight, two. And uh, I went back to the corner. And the coach in the corner was like, this guy getting tired, like push, start pushing the pace like you can, you can, you can break this guy. So I went back out. And then when he put his hands on me, I could feel that he didn't have that same that same energy that he did in the first round. So I was like, okay, this might be this is my opportunity here. And uh, so the round went on. and ended up taking him down, and by the end of the match, I ended up teching him instead of being tech, I ended up teching him twenty one to eleven. So it was like thirty two points, like most matches at a high level. The max amount of points that I scored are probably eight between the two partners but in our match there was 32 points there was it was crazy it was a crazy match so yeah I think that was probably my uh, my biggest highlight in my sporting career
0: yeah that was like take back and then did you so you ended up winning the bronze medal at that whole tournament
1: at that, yeah, the u Sports, so the national championship for university.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Okay, well, let's go into the final four questions. So far, talking to you has been super easy, super amazing, um, and just, like, the way that your mind works and that you're expressing the things that have happened to you is just so awesome. So, I'm excited to hear your answers to these ones. The first question is, what is the best piece of advice you've received and from whom?
1: Um, I think the best advice I've received is is from my father, and uh, and just be—he's like—and just that lesson that I I talked about earlier is be in tune with your body, mm-hmm. and realize when um, realize when you're maybe at that point that tipping point where you've been working really 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 hard, mm-hmm. and you may need to hit the brakes before you run off the cliff. Um, um, because I feel that there's a lot of people that are like me who just love work. They just love work. They're, they're addicted. They're addicted to working really, really hard all the time. And unfortunately, they, they don't see that cliff before it hits. Um, and I think my dad is probably that's probably what's kept me in sport for as long as I have been enjoying sport as long as I have been is just being able to stop myself before I run over
0: that cliff. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a very very important piece of advice, and I like the way you explain it with like running off the cliff because that's exactly what you what happens right down so yeah that's that's awesome way that you worded that The next question is what is the worst advice you've received?
1: Ooh, the worst advice I've received oh oh this is a tough one
0: um <laughs> everyone struggles with this question
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough because I, I usually like to take people's advice. And I usually like to tweak it a little bit. So I'm it fits sure. me. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was probably. Oh yes. Now yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good story here. Um, okay. In school uh, guidance counselor um, because it was a small school, not a lot of people and um, it, it was back in coffee not a lot of people got scholarships
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, the guidance counselor was like, make sure make sure your school is up to date because you, you probably won't. There's not, a, she was basically saying it's probably, you're not likely to get a, a university scholarship to go play sports. So make sure your, your classes are good. And that, from that moment on, I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm here to prove you wrong. Yes. Like watch me go, let's, let's watch me get the, a university scholarship. And um, unfortunately I didn't do that. So I <laughs> wrong. But yeah, I think it was just like, for her, you needed that plan B. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's okay to have a plan B, but don't rely on the plan B. Plan A should be your number one thing and you should be doing everything in your power to ensure planning is a success.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And I agree that like, there's so many people in the high school area that give you advice. That's like, make sure you cover all your bases and make sure you have everything. And then sometimes there's those teachers that say things and you're like, mm, I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna prove you wrong. I know exactly what's that like. What's that? What's that? Uh my gosh, words, what that is like. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really awesome answer to that question. Okay, the next one is what piece of advice would you tell your younger self or someone in the younger generation?
1: Um, what I like to tell is um a couple of things. Um I think the they kind of go in tandem is um don't be afraid to fail and and push yourself. Push yourself. Um and but push yourself to a point that not so you don't run off that cliff right yeah keep drawing. like it's for me it's a lot of internal drive figure out what drives you inside so that you don't need those outside voices telling you to keep going find something that you love that pushes you um pushes you to be the best version of yourself and at the same time while you're trying to push to be the best version of yourself don't worry about if you may not get there, or if you may fail. Um, so those two big things.
0: Mm, that's very important. And I think it's said a lot, but it's very important that failure is part of it and you learn and grow. So failure is never a waste of time also. Um, so that's, that's very important as well. All right. The last question, we end every interview in a state of gratitude. So what are you grateful for?
1: Um, for me, I'm grateful for my family. My coaches, uh, my girlfriend, and um, having roof over my uh, having roof over my head, Mm -hmm. having food to eat, um, having friends to laugh with, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um, having the opportunity to educate myself um, and learn every day. And yeah,
0: awesome! I love that. So, if someone wants to get in touch with you, where are they gonna find you?
1: oh um you can follow me on instagram at uh i underscore uh springer i'll put um, it below
0: as well so they can yeah get that. yeah
1: um on there i'm on, I'm on facebook as I, isaiah springer um and yeah if you want to keep up to Um, If you really want to get really personal, you can probably Google University of Alberta Wrestling and I'll probably show up somewhere.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Isaiah, for taking time out of your day to share your journey through sports and through school and, and what your life has been like. You really gave us so many tangible pieces of advice and with your goal setting and with mindset and how to get out of a burnout. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. If this is your first time listening to One World Countless Story Podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Today's interview with Isaiah was absolutely incredible and after re-listening to it, I have so many notes and so many new things that I am going to apply to my goal setting and so many different things. So thank you so much, Isaiah. Also, don't forget you can catch all of the podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. All you have to do is open up YouTube, type in my name or the podcast episode and you will find it there it's a great way where you get to connect with us see our smiling faces and it's just so much fun if you enjoyed this podcast episode it would mean the world to me if you could share it with one person that you think could benefit from hearing the wise words and the story of Isaiah Springer or you can write a comment leave a comment and let me know how this podcast has affected you thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time bye